0: Have you heard of the Bellsmith? He's absolutely amazing. They make the most custom and unique bells. They made one for my son on the championship run in Omaha in 2021. They make game day bells, swashbuckler, artillery, junction, pirate, you name it, they can make it. You can check them out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you can find them in different places around Starkville like Maroon and Company. So have them make your custom bell today. In the mirror, Hart gets the strike out.
1: Strike right there, but with that same pitch a little more inside
2: rounder
0: out to short kennedy over to first and a clean one two three inning for hawk and the
1: bulldogs every evening Yo, what is up, everybody? We are back. It is time for the End on the Bench podcast. I am Daniel ball and I'm joined as always by my co-host, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jower. Guys, we got episode 22 coming at you, and it's titled "Psychological Warfare" because tonight. We have the psychological expert for the smartest person I know in psychology because she's already graduated with a degree in it. But she's also continuing her education because she's still playing softball for Mississippi State at Kenley Park. And guys, I don't want to waste any time. We haven't had softball in a while. We need to recap. We need to get what we missed because there's a lot. of... July. Yeah, we got to fill in from the last time that we talked. so help me welcome onto the show with the biggest interview on podcasting, Mississippi State softball star, Henry Hoffman.
0: All right, Kinley, a breath of fresh air. We finally got these dudes pushed to the side. We got a stud female athlete. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Are you, you know, better than Brooks good, or are you just Kinley? good?
3: I'm always better than Brooks good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. Well, you know, we're going to get into your story. We're going to talk Mississippi State softball, do all those things. But we always do some icebreakers, try to gauge – uh, you know, a little bit about you, let let the listeners know who you are. And then also, you know, if you give us the wrong answers, we might cut the episode because I don't know if we we can really mesh with you. So we're gonna just start right off hot out the gate. What's your favorite song right now?
3: Oh, I've been listening a lot to I think it's the five leaf clover by Luke Combs. So oh.
0: all right, strike one. All right, we don't rant see. This is why Randy being late is an issue because that's that's our country music fan. we, 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 are, we are not those now we're kidding Luke Combs is solid. I mess with you. It's just not necessarily our cup of tea, but you're good with me. All right. <laughs> favorite movie. This doesn't have to be right now. favorite movie of all time. What's your go to movie if if you're having that day where you got time or you're having a bad day, whatever it may be. what movie what movie are you putting on?
3: I think either the other woman.
0: Or, Conjuring Two. Oh wow, we got we got wow. something to unpack. I I was I was ready to unpack the other woman because I've never seen that, but I got to go to the second one first. The Conjuring Two, first of all, is a phenomenal movie, but that is not your typical answer at all. So hey, you're gonna have to help me explain how one of the lo- most legit scariest movies is is your movie. That's your jam. I said your go-to on like a bad day and you hit me with that.
3: <laughs> okay. So ever since I was little, um, I just remember like if I had a sick day or something, or let's say like parents had to work and like I was just stuck with grandma, we always watch scary movies. So like Michael Myers and all that, like binge watch Saul with her. And I mean, like I'm like six. Like, what, but I'm what, I'm
1: what is going I'm... on? Like I, I'm, fixing text,
0: I, I, I'm fixing to text Brooks and tell him to cut bait. I'm a little nervous for my guy.
3: <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. I promise. But I've always just tied scary movies to time with my grandmother. So, like, if I have a bad day, it's just like, i would just turn on a scary movie. You know, it's like she's there right there with you. Um, but the other woman is probably my first pick.
0: You got so. to t- – Daniel, have you seen the other woman before I asked this
1: question? No. I'm, I'm afraid – I, I don't about. think it's i don't
0: think it's gonna be as scary yeah give, give us just the quick what's the other woman it is
1: it doesn't it, sound like a rom no if, if put, she put it that
0: way if she can sell if she can sell me on it i'll when this episode's over i'll tell my wife pull up the other woman that's what we're watching to bed
3: okay so basically this woman is married to this man who is like rich or they're well off and he writes all of his business checks and all this illegal money in her name and finds out that he's like also cheating on her with two other women so she befriends the two other women they follow him to like a foreign country and expose him and make his life awful uh but it's also like very very funny as the movie goes on so Anyway, it's one of my favorites, but...
1: She's about vengeance. Okay, I feel it. Uh, I, Jim, I want to I, I know how this is going to go down when you go down there and go, hey, I want to watch The Other Woman.
0: <laughs>
1: I really want to know how this plays out. I,
0: well, you know, first of all, she might be okay because when I tell her that Kenley likes The Conjuring, my my wife loves those movies. So if I tell her that she recommends The Other Woman... She might be okay in this in this boat because they might have the same taste. Am yeah, I, okay? I would I would lead with the Conjuring probably
1: first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so off of movies, you know, everyone's got to have, or most people have, that favorite athlete growing up. That person they look to. For you, who was that?
3: Honestly, um, I probably didn't have one until I was about fifteen. Uh, I was very much in my own world a lot of the time, still am. Uh, But I think I watched Haley McClinney from Alabama center field a lot growing up.
0: I'm actually happy with that answer because usually when we have a softball pitcher on, they'll say Jenny Finch. And while that's a phenomenal answer, it's just nice to not hear the same answer. So, and then (laughs) for you to say somebody from another SEC school is also something i find cool. So I like that. All right, this is a new one I added in. I wanted to add a little something different in for the last icebreaker. Um, And, you know, you could be a truck girl. You might be a car girl. I don't know. But if you could have any car or a truck right now, you go hit the lot, and you can pick anything that you want, what would it be?
3: Mm, A Denali. (laughs) Probably, yeah.
0: I'm not surprised by that at all.
3: (laughs) I've always been like one of those people that's like, Oh, I, I want a truck. I want a truck. And like, I remember I worked one summer really hard with my dad and I was like, is this enough money? Like you'll let me like down payment on my truck. Like please. Cause I like hadn't had a car yet. And then I remember he was like, here's your car. And it's like this little Nissan. And I'm like, all that money. I just worked for like to a I, car. But I do, I dad. did got a,
0: I do got a question. Cause you're, cause you're a country girl. Are you going to keep it really clean? Or are you getting it dirty?
3: it depends like if we're going out like whatever probably it's going to be mediocre I'm not going to say clean um but if we can go have fun on a weekend then like we're going to go have fun so it's probably gonna be dirty
1: <laughs>
0: Daniel we're just a different breed man because if we have Denali's that thing is going to be shining we ain't yeah, getting I- no dirt on it
1: look I, I get mad at my kid when she throws her toys in there like I, that's I think it 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 bothers me like I don't even think I could sleep at night if I knew that she had junk in my car. I'd have to go get it out. But, Kenley, let's let's take a few steps back. Talk to me a little bit about where you grew up, your hometown.
3: All right. So I grew up in Palestine, Arkansas. The population sign says like five twenty-two. It is most definitely smaller than that. Um, I graduated with like maybe. 62 kids uh we knew each other from diapers up everybody knows everybody Uh very very small farm area let me ask He's you. like this. stranger
1: <laughs> when it comes to that everybody knows everybody is that a good thing or a bad thing
3: well it depends if you're not doing right everybody knows your business if you're doing right then you're okay you're so okay at least, uh, that, that leads to the
1: question daniel which was doing a- does everybody know your business or no?
3: It depends. Like, most people knew all my business, but I had very, like, strict parents growing up because they knew, like, once they saw my potential that I had a chance at ball. So, they were like, there's no prom after parties, no graduation parties, no parties at all. So, like, I, it was very hard for me to, like, find trouble. Hey, so
0: Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Jim, Jim you would have found new parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, That would have been interesting. Daniel, what I wonder, she says this, you know, and Brooks talked about how small where he came from was. And he said they better build him like a statue at his school. Now I'm like picturing where she came from. Like, I mean, do they already have when you like welcome to the the town sign? It's the home of Kenley.
3: They do not. Um, I actually, when I graduate college, if I continue to do well or whatever, I would like to request my jersey number be retired, which I don't think anybody's pulling fifty-three out, anyways. But you know, that's well, one thing I would like to see. But
1: Kenley, you, you got you can't request your own jersey to be retired. People do that for I, you.
3: I want to request it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, we'll we'll get to the the accolades, but I I think I think you got a, a strong case you know, and we'll talk about that when we get there, but you mentioned having strict parents, um, obviously holding you to high expectations, high standards, you know, because they knew the potential you had in you, but talk to me a little bit about your, your parents and your family. You got brothers, sisters, mom and dad, everybody living in the same house. What's up?
3: So I have a younger sister. She's about 16 months younger than me. Um, She's a bright carrot top redhead. Uh my mom lives in Cabot and my dad lives in Palestine. Uh I have a stepmom and then yeah, that's pretty much it. But
1: So um with that growing up was was that a difficult transition or is that something that you were accustomed to having, you know, stepmom in the picture and parents divorced or is that kind of something you just go you know we have our little way and that's fine and we don't really get into specifics on that
3: um so my parents didn't divorce until my sophomore year of college they wanted to wait until like the kids were out of the house um so it's still kind of new uh but like at the same time when I go home it's not weird it's like normal or as normal as it can be um but yeah
1: well obviously you didn't let anything, you know, deter you. You were pretty, pretty balanced, pretty stable. Um, you know, you, you were an athlete growing up. Talk to me about when you did get into athletics, softball, and specifically, when did you start playing softball?
3: I think, uh, I'm going to say graduated T-ball at like five or six and about that time I think I played up at AU and that's when I like picked up a ball like a softball and I was like okay yeah this is like the way to go.
1: So when you say t-ball and then AU are you playing with boys and girls all on the same team?
3: No so like t-ball yes but like when we switched to AU it was like all girls we were traveling and playing off a machine and then we like graduated up to 10U, 12U, et cetera. like and from AU on it was all girls.
1: So, you know, being a Division One athlete, when you started 8U and they bring a pitching machine out there, were you like, man, can somebody just pitch me the ball? Like, get this garbage out of here.
3: Okay, so to be completely transparent with you, uh, I was the kid that was stuck in left field, and everyone assumed by, like, eighth grade I was done. Like, I was not going to play anymore, that I was going to be awful. And I think it wasn't until I was 11 that, like, I grew six inches one summer and just turned into, like, this weird athlete that just freakishly appeared out of nowhere. Like, no, but the next summer, everybody was like, who is this? And they were like, oh, that's that one. And it was like, (laughs) yeah, uh, that was not her two or three years ago.
1: (laughs) So is that the same time that you picked up volleyball or were you always a volleyball player?
3: So my mom was actually a high school volleyball coach uh, from the time that I was like fourth grade on. So I remember senior high girls would be at practice and I would be like shagging their balls or passing their balls up at like when they serve. Uh, So I think I've kind of picked up volleyball since fourth grade on. And then when I hit fifth grade, my mom started an intramural program at the school. And so it allowed like all the little kids to do it. And so I just picked right up.
1: So, obviously, you you athletic, runs in the family, mom's volleyball coach. You got your, your growth spurt, you know, obviously right at the time that you're getting ready, maybe a little bit before, but you, you end up transitioning to high school. What high school did you go to?
3: I started high school at Wynn High School in Wynn, Arkansas, where my mom taught. And then my junior year, I switched to back home to Palestine.
1: why, why the switch
3: uh so it was actually a very toxic environment and when um almost like a corrupt school thing and so if someone wasn't playing and someone's mom had dirt on somebody else like their mom would be like oh this is gonna happen so when i noticed that and i got drug into it just because like at that point i had committed i was like okay No, like, I'm not going to deal with the drama before college. Like, I just want to live out the rest of my high school career and just be happy with, you know, even if that is moving back home to a smaller division. And, you know, maybe the girls who haven't played travel ball since they were eight, like, I'll do whatever it takes. Because I know that when it comes down to, like, preparing for college, that's when summer ball hits. So Mm -hmm. I was... Like,
0: no, we're just going to move. now she just solidified, and just in time for Randy to get in here, that that's why I refuse to say that Mississippi is the 50th-ranked state and, and Arkansas is 49th. Arkansas is the worst state, dude. She just confirmed it. No one wants to live there. <laughs> uh, I don't uh, – I know you live in, like, the fifth-best state, okay? We get it, okay? But we're talking about 49 and 50 here, and it matters, bro. It matters.
1: I, I was I was gonna say I, I feel like it's the same thing, but obviously it is No, being not. dead
0: last is is a bad
1: thing. <laughs> <laughs> so Kenley, obvious obviously you you talk about making the transition your junior year and obviously it was a great transition for you because you were ranked fifth in the nation by Max Preps um after your junior season. You pitched eight no hitters and twelve shutouts as a junior. You held a five forty-three batting average, ten home runs, forty-four hits, fifty-three RB or fifty-three runs and forty-three RBIs. You were all state selection. You were a full time four time all state selection. You played travel ball with the Lady Lightning and you captained the the Palestine Wheatleys volleyball team. I don't know if I said that correctly, but you were you you, you were you were the captain. So playing multiple sports, all state, all everything. Is there anything you can't do?
3: Um, Don't hand me a basketball. I'm going to tell you that right now.
1: <laughs> Man, It's ugly. Just that's ugly. The, that's pretty honest because we have a lot of baseball guys that come on here. And the first thing they say is how they can still hoop and do this. And then we find out, you know, from other folks that they can't play. they're terrible so thank you for your honesty when it comes to the hoops um but you know during during your 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 time um in high school and in travel ball at what point did you go man I got it like like I'm a little bit better than everyone else like I can maybe take this to the next level
3: um I think I realized it my freshman year because I had heard like the hype of being like the freshman pitcher is like a big deal. Like you're coming in as a freshman and you're starting is like ridiculous. Cause at that point I was at a five A school like where we played like Jonesboro and stuff like that. Like just a lot of bigger schools that had people in like go into colleges and playing and stuff. And like I remember I pitched against Jonesboro and I don't remember if we won or not, but I was like, you know like I threw really well. And I was like What is this? Like, this normally doesn't happen. And then I realized when we played Ball Knob, I think it might have been my sophomore year at that time, I was like, okay, they are on like a 62-63 game winning streak. Like, Ball Knob was just ridiculous at the time. And I remember I hit a home run opposite field, uh, one in center, and I think I held them to like maybe one or two runs. And I was like, whoa like okay yeah i'm good
1: (laughs) how how pissed were they (laughs) that you that you transferred school just to do that to them
3: well at that point i was still at win but after i left i remember some of the girls that i was like very close with they're like what are we going to do like we don't have a pitcher and then i just remember the coach being like this was like the biggest mistake and i was like no this is the best thing and i just remember handing her my locker and uh, that was it. I just walked out.
0: Daniel, that was actually probably worse. She hit them and ran. They were pissed. They are like, we don't even get another chance at this girl.
1: <laughs> nope. She didn't, she didn't have time for the drama. So you, you have all the success. You, you start developing, you go, man, I got something that I think I can take to the next level. So at what point do colleges start coming to you and who, who's on that list?
3: So, I actually didn't decide if I wanted to play until the end of my freshman year, like, really wanted to play college. And before I was like, I'm just going to go be a student. Uh, but when I did start, I remember University of uh, Arkansas Monticello was my number one. I loved the coach. Coach Early was the coach at the time, but I also loved the assistant, which is now the head coach, and that's Kyle Lim. Um, Love the campus, small town feel, you know, just like home. And then I started taking lessons from a woman in Hernando at the time, and she played at Arizona. So Arizona was like, oh, we want her for a camp, blah, blah, blah. Like, we get her out here. Like, I think she'll like it. And I was like, oh, that's a little far. But the decision was made at Mississippi State when I went to play at a tournament or whatever. And uh, I'm pretty sure it was either olive branch or something like that and I was on like my seventh game because I was like our only pitcher for that team it wasn't like a big ranked travel ball team it was just like we get together we want to play against really good competition but like we're not traveling like Colorado Colorado and stuff so then um I remember seeing T-Brat behind there and I had no idea who T-Brat was and uh he'd come up to my coach and was talking and my coach was like, yeah, that's like her seventh game. And he's like, she's still bumping 67, 68. And then they asked for a team camp. And then shortly after they offered me.
1: So why else other than the fact that you were seen and just, you were on the radar immediately. What was it about Mississippi state? Was it just the fact that they came and saw you and, and, felt that highly of you or did you actually go visit and go man this is this is something special this is Something special.
3: so i went to go visit and i remember they like bring you down for a camp and then they tour the campus with you and then they like feed you dinner and everything and i was like okay like this is nice like everyone you see everyone you walk past they have a smile on their face they're telling you hey even though they don't know you or have a good day or whatever I was like, this is just very homey. It's small town, but it's not too small for a college. Like, this is home. So
2: what'd they feed you for dinner that night?
3: I'm pretty sure we had uh Moe's barbecue, but every time I go somewhere, I base it off the catfish. So if they have catfish on the menu, I'm getting catfish. And their catfish was very good. So I was like, this is a good place. Stark was
1: it. <laughs> Probably yeah. a, a good thing she didn't go to Arizona. I don't
2: don't know if they would have catfish there. So talking about that transition, you know, everybody's saying, you know, everybody's real nice and everything. They're not like that in Arkansas. Everybody's not like Southern hospitality.
3: It depends on which part of Arkansas you go to. I feel like for the most part, it's like that. But like once you break past like the North part, if you go past like mid South down, they're all sweet, you know, Southern hospitality. Once you go up a little bit, you're kind of pushing your boundaries. Those a little dang bit.
2: Yankees in Arkansas. <laughs> so, that tra- talking about everybody being nice, the transition for you from Arkansas to Starville, was it natural for you, or was there a transition period to kind of get used to Starville, Mississippi? Because I've been there a lot of times. It's a place to get used to.
3: So, for me, personally, I think the only thing I had to get used to was having to share my room again. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than the town and everything, everything was like, a glove it fit perfect like and no problems at all I think within like the first week and a half I knew how to navigate the whole town <laughs> so
2: yeah it can't it can't take very long navigating it though I've made that drive a bunch of times I took my daughter down there to a camp last year man my goodness it's a long drive from Memphis but Jim made it all the time so listen you're uh, obviously your freshman you know we, we already know what happened that season COVID kind of cut that one short but Let's jump into when you made your collegiate debut getting a win against Alabama State retiring three hitters in order on just nine pitches. was just talk about what that was like and what that feeling was like to finally get your first action and only throw nine pitches and get them all out.
3: I think it was kind of uh, one of those shifts that was like, okay, you're here. you know, you have a job to do. If you take care of yourself, for the team's sake, like the team will have your back. It's, you know, just one of those things where it's like a f- switch flips. So,
2: and Absolutely. So you throw two innings in an exhibition versus Team USA, inducing two double plays, made your first collegiate start, earning your second win against Tennessee State while throwing six inning, allowing just two hits, through two hitless innings against Alcorn State. So clearly the comfort level was there for you from day one. What did you learn that first year?
3: That first year, um, I learned that it's going to sound like dumb or whatever, but um, I learned not to be scared um, with like anything. Like I was so focused on like the balls coming back at my face and like me missing middle and like the consequences of that or like losing pitching time because maybe you're not locating well and just learning to like put all the fear behind you and just like trusting your stuff and buying into the program.
2: So this next one's it's going to be tough, right? So sophomore year, not as many appearances, some stats that we're not even going to recap, but was this injury related? Was it transition related? Was it still that fear of, you know, missing the middle? What what happened that sophomore year?
3: So I think I remember going home and like working and trying to like, you know, keep up the workload that you're supposed to keep up every time we go home either over break or over summer. And I think I just honestly like lost myself and like I lost the love for the game. And then I was just like, do I even really want to do this? And then I come back and I'm like not happy. And I think like I let personal life bleed over a little bit too much. And then that's when I was just like, there's no point. Like, it's I honestly at that end of the year, I was like, I'm either transferring or I'm putting my glove down.
1: You give up
2: first, uh, I completely understand. Let's talk about that junior year, that bounce back year. You bounce back in a big way. As your team's having a phenomenal year, let's just jump right into it. 36 appearances with 15 starts in the circle, third on the team in ERA, opponents batting average 235, innings pitched 99.2. How did it feel or what happened to kind of get you back on the right track to where you're the player that you always knew you were?
3: So I remember having the phone call with my dad, and he's like, you're not transferring. That's where you're supposed to be. You either work and earn your spot or – you know what, you just put the glove down and you're a quitter. And I was like, oh, no, like, that's that's not me. So I decided to join a league in Tampa, and my first at-bat to a girl, I get a line drive back to the face. I break six bones in my face. And Your worst I, fear. Yeah, li- literally, like, my worst fear. I, and what's crazy is, like, I literally had a dream the night before that I got hit in the face. Oh, man. And I was like, okay. Surely to goodness, that's not gonna happen, and then it happens, and I'm like having deja vu. So I'm making all these phone calls to my coaches, and I'm like showing them only half my face, and they're like, "Are you okay?" And I show them the rest, and they're like, "Oh gosh." So we get me checked out, whatever. And I was told you can either wear a mask and continue to play, or you can put your glove down. And I was like, "I'm not a quitter." So, uh, now wear a cage. (laughs) So, and from that point on, it was. Like if you continue to fail to trust your stuff, this is the the outcome you're gonna continue to get. So I was like, put on your big girl pants, suck it up, and do what you know how to do. So
2: speaking of that, doing what you know how to do, let's talk about some big games. Three out shy of a no hitter against Ole Miss. How bad did you want that against your rival?
3: Oh, I wanted that so bad. Like I, I didn't even know what was going on. Nobody told me. I mean, of course they don't, but like
2: Yeah, they I was can't. Saying,
3: everybody's like not high-fiving me and I'm like what's going on like and I guess it's just like superstition I don't know like they're like patting me on the lower back like they never do that they always either high-five me or pat on the butt And it's like literally like lower to mid back and I'm like okay uh what's whatever so then I noticed that we they do like a hitter or pinch hitter or whatever and we shift our middles we pinch our middles and the ball goes right through the five six hole, and I I went back and film, and I watched it over and over. I was like, could I have gotten that pitch further in or whatever? I think I could have. I might have hit her, but I think I could have. So I was like, oh no, like disappointing. But I mean, overall, exactly. But I was like, I had to step back and look, and I was like, you know what? Overall, that's a good game.
2: So, that's a that's a hell of a game. So. You threw 5.1 innings to earn your 10th win against number 13 and my Tennessee volunteers, obviously a storied program. Just talk about what that felt like. Now you're kind of grooving, right?
3: At that point I was. Um, I remember I got on the mound and I was like, okay, okay. These are some big girls. Um, they're like my size. Like if you look at our roster, it's like all like five, six lower, like nobody's five ten. <laughs> and so I was like, What am I going to do? Golly, they swing hard. And I remember my coach telling me, Kenley, go out there and throw 70%. I was like, 70%? Are you you sure? Like, this is the SEC game. And he was like, throw 70%. And I remember that was like when I was consistent at like 68, 69. And then when he told me, I was like, all right, 70% it is.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so you throw a complete game at number three Alabama. So, before we kind of talk about that postseason, as far as regular season, what was your favorite individual performance? Was it the almost the no-hitter against Ole Miss?
3: I would say, yeah. I would say I was literally on cloud nine.
2: Okay, okay. So, as far as your the team goes, what was your favorite series or game throughout that season? If it's not the Ole Miss game.
3: Um, I want to say the South Carolina game. I don't even remember – how it turned out, who won what. I just remember when they hit a foul ball or we hit a foul ball, like we would bark at them and like they bark back, but it's like so comical that like we become really good friends with them.
2: So, you know, I've been to a lot of college softball and I was I actually went to one this past weekend. I came down to Startville, saw you guys play last year in the Auburn series. And the one thing that I love about softball is that even like you girls y'all are doing the chants that that my girl they're 14 you they do and there's just so much of that going on. And I I thought that was really cool. Now what I did see that wasn't so um sportsmanlike the the Auburn coach and your coach got into it heavy at that series I was at boy. They were they were hot and you could hear everything they were saying. But I loved it. I loved it. So as a team, you guys go to the Tallahassee Regional. What's the pulse of the team going into the regional?
3: I think we were just like trying to remain calm almost which sounds kind of weird because you're thinking oh I bet you're pumped like all this stuff like we were honestly hoping for Florida State or somewhere just on the east um, I think for traveling purposes mainly but you know like hey we'll take what we get Uh, but as soon as we found that out we were like all right now this is gonna be like the weekend where we were, have really got to like lock in and compete, but like at the same time remain calm because if we make Florida state out bigger to be than what they are, then it's going to affect us mentally. We're not going to play our game. like. So that was like one thing that we still do today is like not disrespectfully give, not give anybody any credit, but like don't make them bigger than what they are unless they prove it.
2: No, hundred percent. So kind of talking about that, you guys go on, you end up beating Howard, South Florida, and ultimately, Florida state to in a close game that you pitched in. So talk us through that regional and ultimately what it was like to punch your ticket to the supers.
3: Uh, the regional all around was tough. Like just not knowing who's going to throw because you never know, like at this point, like some days there was double headers and we're like, okay, how do we strategize? Who's going to be good? What day, how do we keep everybody's arms fresh? Um, and then when we figured that out, it was smooth sailing. Um, um, And then, like, just even if I never, like, got in that game, like, being there and watching Annie throw that last pitch, like, just knowing that, like, oh, my goodness, we finally made it. Like, this is what we've worked for all year. It was just so much fun.
2: Yeah, no doubt. So, speaking of fun, so now Super Regionals back home, record crowds. How exciting was it to be able to go back home and play in Starville at home? It was so
3: nice like being able to just see like familiar faces and, and not just be like, oh are my parents here?" like blah 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 like just knowing that like everybody had your back, like more people in the community come out than they ever have and like even the ones who normally can't make it and just watch it on TV, they were like bound to determine to find a seat there. so it was nice.
2: No, absolutely. So ultimately you know fall to Arizona, but you know one heck of a run, what did you what did you take away personally from the run that you guys had last year?
3: Honestly, uh, just pitch your heart out with everything. Like, you know, every pitch means something. Um, Getting to see, like, the last pitch thrown to Mia, and even if it was thrown by Annie, like, knowing that that was the last time I was going to step on the field with them was, like, heartbreaking because at that point you were like, oh, my goodness, it's like, if I did get in, like, what could I have done better? Or could I have been more supportive during the dugout? You know, where could I have picked up whoever needed it? But stuff like that, like that, just hits you really hard the minute it ends because I was super close with those girls.
1: Yeah, it's it's um probably bittersweet. You get to appreciate the moment, appreciate being on the field with with such good teammates and competitors, but then then it kind of hits you all at once that that's that's it. Like you know, you gotta move on to the the next season or the next thing, but um. I want to take a break from softball real quick, because some congratulations are in order. Um, It looks like in December you graduated. What, 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 what's that like knowing that? You know, I actually, how hard is it to still go to school, <laughs> knowing that you're you're done?
3: Um. So
2: do you still go? To school? Hard. Yeah. Do, do, <laughs> I do you?
3: I do. Wait. I went to class this morning. <laughs> uh, it's very hard. Uh, knowing that, like, when COVID hit, my mom threw me in summer classes, so it pushed me further ahead, and I graduated early, and then I knew, like, I wanted to do, like, an EDS program, which is also four years long. I was thinking, whatever I got to do to get college paid for, but, yeah, whenever I graduated, I was like, oh, this is so nice. And then I kind of hit me when January hit, like, you're still going to school for another four years. So,
1: so you – it's you grad, you graduated in December with a degree in educational psychology, right? Right. So what's the plan? Like, what what are you looking to do with that? Like, can you can you help our boy Jim? Like, he he really needs some some like psych, psychology on him. Like seriously, I need like, it all. Like he okay. he will pay you. You don't even have to have a license. He'll pay you.
3: Okay, so basically the plan is to right now. I'm waiting on next fall, but I'm in a few classes that will transfer over to the EDS program, which is like educational specialist uh, to be more of like a school psychologist. uh, But then hopefully apply to the doctorate program, which bumps me up a little bit further. And I wanted to continue to work towards a position that's opening here at state. Um, It's one where you're a school psychologist in with athletics and you test them for like disabilities and things and you get them 504s and you can like write prescriptions. So that is the end goal. I don't know if we're going to get there, but that is the end goal.
1: Well, you're not going to put your, you said you weren't going to put your glove down. So you're not going to put your textbook down. Okay. You're (laughs) not a quitter. So not a quitter. Obviously, you got internships with athletic academics department. You got, you know, you're volunteering as a coach for elementary students. You got all these different opportunities that are, that are like, how could you doubt like not being able to do it? Like you're setting yourself up. You're doing all the things that you need to do um, in order to do that. And guess what? You get to play softball while you do it. Like
3: that's, That's that's
1: that's a pretty good gig, right?
3: So I think my biggest thing, like even in my interview with the grad program, they were like, would you go EDS or would you go doctorate? And I was like, I would love to be able to go do the doctorate, but I'm scared I'll get burnt out Um, because it's like you go fall, spring, summer, fall, spring, summer, like there's like no time. And I'm like, well, right now I get a summer. So it's like a fresh breather. I come back, like I'm ready to do schoolwork with that program you don't get it so i was like start me out in the eds and if you think i can do the doctorate i'll put full faith in you and i'll do the doctorate
1: just do it so
3: that's kind of like my mental kick
1: just do it i mean (laughs) you guys it ain't nothing but a doctorate you took you got your face shattered once i mean this this is much easier than that right (laughs) Well, so,
3: when my face broke, I like it didn't hurt. It didn't. I didn't cry. I like turned to my third baseman and laughed. I don't think I'll be laughing if my GPA no, shatters in grad school.
1: No, you. I don't know how you would pick up all those shattered GPA points either. So, I, just take it one step at a time. How about that? That's that's the advice I have for you. But going going back to softball this season, you made twelve appearances and two starts in the circle. You're fifth on the team with a 2.57 ERA. You got 32 uh, innings pitched, uh, nine relief outings. The team is 22 and 10. So tell me a little bit about where you're at and give me what does the team need to do to get back where they were last year and finish the job?
3: I think just continue to have each other's back. You know, like not always – the pitchers are going to be on, you know, or the hitters are going to be off or they're going to be on. Like it's, we're having trouble right now, like piecing those two together, but as many games as we're going to play, like the more we play, the better it gets. So I'm thinking like, we just need to buy in, continue to like trust the process and just find a way to find us both on.
0: Yeah. So, I'm going to try to make my way out there now that I got me a Kenley Hawk bell on the way. So when I come, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not accepting no L's, especially, you know, I know Brooks is lurking somewhere going to the baseball games hasn't exactly been ideal. So softball, don't don't let me down. You got me?
1: I got
3: you. (laughs)
0: Nah, I'm teasing. I knew he might be somewhere around, so just in case, I thought throw, I might throw a little, a little shade. He shaded said he was going to be
2: popping up from behind you. No, he was. He
0: started the show here. He, uh he was talking smack right out the gate.
2: No, he always does. <laughs> I think right now he might want to be humble. You know, I'm mm. saying.
0: well, he's not <laughs> pitching, so you can't hold him accountable at the moment. If he was, maybe they'd be winning. Yeah. Be. But nonetheless. We are done talking about softball. It is time to get to know you even more by playing a game that we play with every guest called This or That. There's only uh, two simple rules to this game. I'm going to give you two options. You pick one or the other. You can't say both, and you can't say neither. Are you down to play? I'm down. All right. So, would you rather have the ability to teleport, or would you rather have a time machine?
3: I think the ability to teleport
0: all right, so you know, I got a, I got a pretty good idea. There's, there's a typical answer that's came out here recently. But if you could just like teleport to a place right now, where are you going?
3: Mm, probably when, a
0: big, yeah. when Exactly. Nope. <laughs> bald, <nah. laughs> no, bald knob. No, she said <laughs> no. the answer. She said the answer that's the popular answer. Say it again.
3: Somewhere on a beach. <laughs> that,
0: that is that is the answer everyone's saying, and that's the probably correct answer, especially the, the amount of cold weather, rain, the you know, it's so up and down. We can't get anything consistent. Let's just hit a beach. Exactly. Um, so only mode of transportation. We ain't walking. There ain't no cars. You either can go buy a donkey or buy a giraffe. What you taking? Giraffe. All right. So is this a flashy move? Because as Daniel likes to point out, it's not exactly if you're wanting to get from point A to point B, it's not going to be your most reliable. But if you're just wanting to walk in and just shut the place down or not walk in, but ride in and shut the place down, it's the way to go. So is is that why we're going this route?
3: I think I'm just going this route because well, one, it's flashy, but two, like, if I ever need someone else to see, like I can train that thing to signal down like, hey, no good over there. We can't go that way.
0: <laughs> I think it was Brooks just, just recently said you could saddle a giraffe. And I'd like to see that done. Um, personally, I want I want to I want to know if you can s- saddle a giraffe now. I mean, I don't know, but would you rather be the strongest person in the world, like the ultimate strongest person in the world or have the ability to fly?
3: I'm going to say fly.
0: Seems to be the only answer. I think I'm only going to get one guess that's going to agree with me. I'm I'm taking strongest in the world. Both these guys are flying everywhere. But it's all right. They can stay soft and weak. It's all good. Um, this is the question you've been waiting on. You talked about it before the episode. Who's the better pitcher, you or Brooks?
3: I mean, who's throwing? Let's be honest. Who's throwing? Ooh. Like... I think me, honestly. Like I think, yeah, he can get hyped up and close the game, whatever. But like, I what hope I actually would rather see. When he comes back.
0: What I'd actually rather see is all that smack he talks about being such a great hitter.
2: Oh, he couldn't I, hit off of her. There's I no want,
0: I want to see him try though. No I just, way. I see him try. He's it's, pretty. Hey, he carries himself with enough enough confidence. I bet he believes he can. He, so he couldn't this, even. He, he totally couldn't
1: believes. even. He couldn't even catch her. 40%. Oh, yeah,
0: Randy wasn't here for that, man. Bullpen. Yeah. He couldn't catch your bullpen session, bro.
2: So let me let me tell y'all a story. I, I got a, a good friend of mine who, who will remain nameless, but he's a coach for the University of Memphis. You know, he hits me up. He says, hey, man, I'm going to be hitting against the girls today. And I said, well, you're not going to even make contact, for one. I mean, you're older. And he's like, oh, man, I'm finna put that thing into the moon. And he didn't even make contact. He fouled one off. And, I mean, we're not even talking about Kenley Hawk here. We're, we're talking about the – no offense. University hey, of Memphis. Hey,
1: hey,
0: what? Hey, we got it. You set well, up tip. a guest from the University I of Memphis. Tip. What if she checks out this? She's not a not a pitcher.
2: She's not a pitcher. All right. She makes plenty of contact. Trust.
0: She might she might tell her teammates though you was dogging out. Be careful. Well, I did it to their face on Saturday. All right. So you talked about transporting to the beach somewhere, but I seen that, you know, obviously. You're a very country girl. So I asked, would you rather go to the beach or to a lake?
3: Mm. I'm going to say, well, it depends. Does the lake have a rope swing?
2: I mean, it's Arkansas. Of course it does.
3: <laughs> I like then. <it. laughs>
0: so we know what the make or break deal is on the lake. It's not a boat <laughs> or what comes with the boat. It's It's the swing. Okay. How
2: tall of a rope swing have you jumped off of?
3: I think I was like eight or nine when I jumped off my last one. And I think it was maybe eight feet above the water. Like it wasn't, it wasn't. I, eight I eight thought feet. she
0: was going to come out with something just awesome. She was like, oh I was like 40 feet. <laughs> up.
3: I, up, I won't do, but a small rope swing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, so this is a bucket list question. If you can go to a bucket list concert or a bucket list sporting event, which one are you taking, the concert or the sporting event?
3: I think I'm taking a concert. All
0: right, so with that, who are we going to see and where are we going to see them?
3: If I could get... Riley Green, uh, coast and John Party in there. I would probably go see them.
0: Where where are you going to see them at? Pick a city. Give me where, where where's this destination at?
3: One of the best concerts I've been to was at South Alabama when I watched Morgan Wallen and Hardy and I love the environment. Would one hundred and ten percent go back to South Alabama?
0: randy's digging it he's feeling it over there i
2: love everything she said <laughs> i mean
1: like you i don't even know who
2: riley green is or
1: john party like that's because
2: like, i've told you this feel, before there's no like she,
1: she made up these names like
2: she, <laughs> she thought Definitely.
1: about the the saddest country songs and was like they're yep. not
2: even sad <laughs> thank you <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness, we
0: Daniel, we're gonna have to get cultured, as Randy says. We're gonna have to go on a, a country music uh, binge and just get caught up. Get, I don't think y'all more. would survive it. I would not.
1: I would not. I would. I would. If we went on a road trip and all that we could listen to was country, I would open the door and roll myself out. <laughs>
0: Randy, can I tell you something, though? She she gave the country music answers, but I got to roll back around to just because you missed it. You can go back and listen to the tape, but it's just more fun if I tell you here live. Um, Her go-to movie is The Conjuring 2, bro. What? <laughs> Did you <laughs> see his face? Oh, what? my God. What?
2: Yeah. Why?
0: <laughs> no, she explained. I'm not going to make her do it again. Long story short, it has to do with grandma and growing up, which that was where Daniel was like, let's like what? break down
1: growing up and so you know this shows think, about your story you know you know grandma more, got what the more the more i think about this i think that was just her creative way of saying whenever she skipped school she would just stay home and watch watch horror movies it had nothing to do with grandma
2: maybe we're getting into why you know it's uh you know psychology you know maybe that's what we're going with here
0: <laughs> absolutely full circle we're gonna, with that. we're gonna find out if that degree made her smart for this next question all right so kinley there's no good answer to this but there there's an answer that we feel the three of us is better than the other so we'll see what you think would you rather be attacked by a grizzly bear or by a tiger
3: i'm gonna go with a tiger
0: oh explain yourself
3: because i feel like tigers. They just go for your throat. Like with a grizzly bear, I feel like they're just gonna kinda like play with you first and then go. Like tigers are straight business.
0: So you wanna <laughs> you just wanna go. You just wanna be done.
3: Just rest in peace. Quick.
0: That's <laughs> I mean, Daniel, I think I think we could take that, right? That's that's a solid reason for the tiger. Yeah. I mean, if you know what the
1: end result's gonna be, might as well just say, all right. But would they it. I thought
2: like cats played with their with their foes here they do i don't know mm, I, i'm with her though i don't want this to be no long drawn out thing like you if i'm going take me long yeah. <laughs> but,
0: you, but you picked the bear just like the two of us did so what are you talking about
2: i'm gonna duke it out with that bear me and the bear <laughs> finna come on let's go
0: our our we have our main different reasons but my biggest one is the tiger hunts at night and i can't see at night and so I'm not trying to do with that. Daniel says, give him the one that hibernates 25% of the year. Maybe you catch him right before the nap, right after the nap, give you a little literally
1: sleep. might catch him sleeping.
3: <laughs>
0: so. All right. Final question and you'll be off the high seat. All right. But this one, this was a big one. Would you rather betray your best friend? In other words, ultimate betrayal. There's no going back. Your friendship is over or go to prison hardcore prison for five years for a crime that you did not commit
3: I'm gonna say betray the friend like I will always reach out and try to make amends but like that's
2: the right prison
3: answer. five years like I'm sorry that's that's a little much. <laughs>
0: Why does it take why does it take the female guests to be somewhat smarter than the men? And and then ironically, like you would think that they would be the ones that might be nicer the friends. All these dudes come on here. I couldn't do that to my best friend. I'm going to jail. And then Daniel has to give them an explanation of I've never been to jail, but I know what it's like. And I don't want to ever go there. Not for five minutes,
2: let alone five years. You know, you know why? Because men are dumb. That's why we're just not as smart. We're like, man, bro code. But I don't have that. Not at 38 years old. I'm like, hell with y'all.
3: I'm out. You got me with the five years. Like, if you would have said, oh, six months, I'd have been like, eh, okay. But no, like, my thing is I'll spend the rest of my time trying to make amends.
0: Daniel, Daniel's not doing – Daniel's not doing – Hey, I ain't
1: doing six minutes. (laughs) 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 Not stepping foot in the parking lot. I'm not even, like – if if I gotta take a left to, to go to jail, I'm taking a right. Like, I <laughs> I'm good. Like I, I can stay away from there and be good. So well Kenley, that's all we got for you. Anything you want to plug or promote before you get out of here?
3: Um, uh, I mean other than the bellsmith, go get you a bell. Other than that.
1: We'll get you a That's right. So I'll help you out a little bit you want to see what kenley's up to on a monday night maybe she's recording a podcast maybe it's taco tuesday or maybe it's wednesday at 5 p.m and they're headed to louisiana monroe or maybe it's friday at 4 p.m where they're going to host number 17 arkansas you can catch them friday at 4 p.m saturday at 2 p.m sunday at 12 p.m get your bells from the bell smith they're in starkville They're taking on number 17 Arkansas. If you can't make it out, head on over to SCC Plus Network. Catch all the action there. You can catch all the updates for Mississippi State softball at Hale State State SB on Instagram or at Kenley Hawk once again on Instagram. Kenley, we wish you nothing but the best. Good luck with softball. Healthy. No shots to the dome. None of that good luck with school eds or doctorate whatever it ends up being uh we wish you nothing but the best and hey maybe you guys will make it back to a super regional maybe you can make a call or a little world series action who knows so yeah, any-
3: thank you for having me <laughs>
1: yeah of course come back on anytime we'll talk about it but if there's anything we can do let us know
3: all right See you. All right, all. Ken.
1: that's kenley hawk everybody. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna plug our sponsors when we come back. We got some headlines. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench Podcast. We got some headlines for you. We're going to start with you, Jim. Your voice is all raspy. You went down to Baton Rouge and you did you did your thing, man. So talk to me a little bit about LSU, Arkansas. Uh, what you saw, what you took away, and, and really just how you're feeling. Well, let's start with giving um, the tip of the cap to the
0: Arkansas side of things, specifically Friday. Um, You know, guest of the show, Hunter Holland, came on here. And, uh, you know, coming from San Jack, a lot of expectations. They, they started him in the Sunday role, obviously. He got moved to Friday with the, the injuries and Hagan going to the bullpen. And he went out there, and he went toe-to-toe with Paul Skeens. I got videos of him striking out uh, Cruz, Tommy White, Joe Barron. I mean, he was out there slinging it, doing his thing. But the problem was Skeens was going tip for tat with him. Only one run was given up. And eventually he has to come off the mound. And when he did, um, you know, Hagen Smith, as he said, because I talked to him after the game, I was like, man, you played really good. He said, yeah, until I faced Dylan Cruz. Um, because Dylan Cruz was ultimately uh got a hold of them. They would end up going to extra innings. Um, but in the end, um they Hagen stayed in the game, outlasted the LSU bullpen who got teed off on, which would be kind of an understatement, an eighth spot in the in the tenth inning. And so they got game one. Dave Van Horn um rolled the dice, went all in through both his lefties, which um, Randy would say our boy Chris has has put the stats out on over a hundred point difference batting against lefties and righties. So he went all in to get that win Um and and said, you know, we'll see what happens Saturday. So he did that. So um, shout out to Hunter for absolutely shoving Hagen for, you know, finishing the game off, even though Cruz did get a hold of him. And so, um, you know, went over there, gave them to them boys their due. But Saturday, completely different day. I mean, Feasting like Thanksgiving, Daniel Cruz had <clears throat> three bombs. Tommy White had two bombs. Um, Dugas had a grand slam. Cade Beloso had um, t- two doubles and a single, I think. Um, just I mean, and Trey Morgan had a monster blast where he did a Tennessee volunteer style bat slam. Um, and it was just fun. Um, we we ran out of shots early, boys. Um, it uh, because the the homers were were flying, and and it was good to to see everyone's you know I, I'm, I hang out with those fraternity dads, see them so excited about the way their boys were playing. And ultimately, Daniel, you've told me from day one when we started this show, it's not about one game. It's always about a series. So as good as Arkansas did on Friday. LSU took the two on Saturday, got the series, and did what they needed to do, and now moving on to a uh, huge series, which we'll get into shortly. What do you
1: think's more pressure to go out and win Game One when you know that it's everyone's going to be amped up for a big series, or to win two in a row?
0: Uh, I felt well. I felt like the pressure it, it really depended on the team situation, but I felt like the pressure was on Arkansas in that Game One because I think they knew. How Saturday was going to play out, kind of just like it did, and so going against Paul Skeens, um, no matter how much faith you have in Hunter, and you do have Hagen right there ready, I think the pressure was all on Arkansas, and I think I think you know, um, they got what they want. I think Dave was just really, if you look at it, when you look at his injuries. Obviously, he was hoping to be able to get two, but I think he wanted to make sure he got that one. I think they feel accomplished, and I think LSU feels accomplished. I think it's weird to say that, but I think both teams came out of that series feeling good, and I don't feel any different as a fan of just general SEC baseball that those two teams
1: aren't the top tier of the West, no doubt. You know what a game like that decides? Number one overall seed. Absolutely. That's what that series
0: but you know Arkansas, I mean, they're, they're ha- they've they've dealt with a lot of injuries, man. They they've got to try to do what they can to to maintain for right now, and and getting one down in Baton Rouge, I I think, you know, got to do what you got to do. They got, I, I mean, they get who we all believe is a fraud up next. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they got Alabama. So hey, maybe they'll just go in and get three this this weekend, and all
1: will be right in the world for Arkansas. Well, I'm not sure that's their plan, but. Randy, let's uh let's talk Tennessee baseball. Obviously they had a, a good weekend, bounce back weekend. Um, what's the takeaway for you?
2: Uh the takeaway was just a bounce back. You know, Tony Vitello talked about it during his in-game interview. You gotta see some grit after you kind of get your your teeth kicked in uh the weekend before you see what guys can bounce back with. They've never been in this position. A lot of guys weren't on the team uh putting together a, a Different squad. And we talked about it on here. It's not an excuse, but playing in the weather that they did. Um, I think that had a factor. You can't go up there and get swept. But what I saw in the AM series was a lot of resolve. Not only did you come back from a sweep, but in every game, you gave up the first run to AM in the first inning. So game one, Friday, you know, Doe comes out, gives up a couple runs. Immediately Tennessee comes back in the bottom of the first, puts up a five spot, kind of sets the tone for the weekend. So you know, Vitello did a lot of things, a lot of moving around with his lineup, and I think it's so far it's paid dividends. The offense looks like a completely different um, offense. And yesterday, going into Sunday, I thought that um, you know that was the, the 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 pitcher. I think his name's Lampkin. He he's the guy that actually beat LSU, gave him a lot of fits. A lefty, which lefties give Tennessee a lot of fits too, and they were able to with weather the storm with him and then get to him, and they got into the third and the fourth inning and really just put it on them. So the biggest thing I thought, DB, was that the pitching um, maybe wasn't as crisp. Uh, I think that Doe and Burns both had eight strikeouts, but the offense looked a lot better. And we all know offense is what you're going to need to beat LSU because they're going to score some runs.
1: Yeah, when you give up early runs, you know, especially in, in the first inning, like it's helpful to know that, your guys are swinging the bats well behind you because you don't really think too much about it. Well, since you bring that
0: up, Daniel, uh, I neglected, and this ties perfect to what y'all are both saying, um, Ty Floyd for LSU, who's a guest of the show, so that's why I feel bad that I neglected it, he looked like he was going to be in real trouble against Arkansas in game two. Uh, he gave up two runs in the first inning, gave up a, a bomb to Wagner, um, had two men on um, still, even with the two runs, And then he got out of the jam, ends up going six and two thirds, striking out seven. So um, for one, he held his own. But then to the very point of Randy's thing, um, had he even given up a little bit more the way LSU teed off and got into double digit runs, it didn't matter. But um, I I just thought about that. I had forgot about that. And that kind of carries to what Randy was saying about
2: you give up a couple of runs early. But if the offense shows out, then it's all good. And, DB, something that we talked about last night on the Twitter space with uh, the, the Arkansas guys, um, Drew Beam yesterday in, in the Sunday game, obviously he's their Sunday guy, um, mostly mild-mannered, mostly you know, pretty even-keeled. He's been on the show, obviously, and he was getting taken out of the game. And when Vitello was pretty clear that he was going to come take him, come pull him, he walked all the way to the shortstop, and had his glove over his face. And I don't know that he was saying curse words, but it sure looked animated. Um, you as a pitcher, if you feel like you got it. Now, there were two runners on. Vitello was definitely going matchup with his pitching. Halverson bringing Hal Halver in, uh, who hadn't pitched since Friday. As a pitcher, what's that moment like for you when the guy's coming to get you and you know, in your mind, you got enough to get out of the jam?
1: I think a couple things. Like, first – You always, as a pitcher, believe that you're going to be able to get the next out. Like, you, 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 anytime anybody walks out there, um, that's, that's where my head goes. But secondly, like, you never want to, like, if you're going to be pulled out, you want the closer to come in and slam the door. You don't want to be pulled out because we're, we're doing matchups here because you feel like no matter what the matchup is, you still got the stuff. What if you were
2: at 64 pitches?
1: You know, it's – that's the thing, man. It's 64 pitches. All I can say is it's it's still early in the season and to tax anybody more than they need to be taxed. But also, I think it's probably a long-term play for Tony B because he needs to get guys in certain positions to know who he can trust and who he can't. And, you know, unfortunately, Beam was the, the byproduct and the guy that got kind of screwed at, at – With him having to do that, but I think long term it's going to benefit them more by pissing them off, you know, for a few minutes.
2: Yeah. So they, they went, they used nine pitchers yesterday. So I think you're right. It was more of a long term thing for him. Did they need,
1: did they need all nine?
2: I don't think they needed all nine. I think that really what it was, I think you're right. I think you touched on it. Going into the LSU series, you're not going all in on the LSU series. Like the, the season's not over, even if they get swept. But I think what he was trying to do was see what he could, what he had. Right? You got Halverson. You kind of know what you have. Aaron Combs, Xander, all those guys. But some of the other guys, like AJ Russell, Fitzgibbons, Andrew Lindsey. You know what you're getting out of Kirby and Camden. But you still want those guys to get some work because up until that point, the work had kind of been limited. When you got um, you know, Doe going. I think he went six. Uh, Burns, he got into the fifth. So I I think you're right. I think it was more about getting other guys reps. And let's keep in mind, the game was kind of in hand a little bit. They had a kind of a bigger lead.
1: I might could argue, though, that he wants to desperately go out and win all three games this weekend because he, to me, it seems like he's got some ideas on how to beat those guys this weekend and he's trying to piece it together. And that that this past weekend was a good time to try some things out to see whether what he thinks may or may not work, be helpful. Because Well, he better
2: get more lefties.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's (laughs) even still, man. I mean, I don't, I don't know. They swing the bat really well. I think you're going to have to, you're gonna to have to mix it up, and you're gonna to have to fool these guys and keep them off balance. And you're almost gonna to have to pitch backwards, in my opinion, to to these guys because they they
2: they hammer shit, man. They they do, oh. they do. But I think the whole lefty righty thing, I and mean, we'll get into deeper into the matchup, I guess. But to me, if I'm gonna trust a guy against a lineup like that, it's Chase Delander. Like I, I'm not I'm not worried the fact that he's a righty. Because if you watch him pitch against lefties and righties, he can go to either side of the plate. He can change, you know, the plane. He changes the eyes. I mean, there's nothing he really can't do when he's dialed in. Because after the first inning, he looked like the best pitcher in the country for the next four innings. Like, he he was doing whatever he wanted with the baseball. Going in, going out, going up, going down, off speed, jamming him in with a fastball. Like, he's got the goods to compete with that lineup. I don't I mean, think that anybody can argue with that.
1: No. Think about pro baseball at that level. You think, you think the top starters care about matchups? Oh no, they don't care. They 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 know that they're the best, and they're gonna whoever steps up, they're gonna they're
2: gonna. Well, I mean, do what they do. We talked about this too. We had Dolander on. We've had Dylan on. All those guys on, and they've kind of been looking at this matchup for a long time, and respectfully, neither side has said anything disrespectful about the other. They're a little bit too nice, but you know that as a competitor, this is what you're here for you're here for Chase Dolan versus Dylan Cruz and Tommy Tanks. And maybe there's a little something in the in the juice box because Tommy Tanks was being recruited by Tennessee and had V in the living room chit-chatting him, and he chose LSU. So if, if I'm a Tennessee player, I'm using that as a little bit of momentum. Are you? Yeah, you got to. I mean,
1: any extra that you can use, you use because – you don't have like you don't need bulletin board material to get up for this, but like there's always that Tennessee like maybe they need something to get that that edge back that that attitude or that swagger because I think they might have been able to recoup some of it this past weekend, but they definitely were humbled the first weekend. Oh yeah, and I think they may have. Started doubting themselves a little bit. Not to the fact that they're not a good team, but like, how good are they? Can well, they I still think it, accomplished what they did last year.
2: And if you're Blake Burke, are you not looking around saying, "Y'all, y'all forgot about me, man"? Yeah. <laughs> you talking about all these dudes hitting? You forgot about me? What about me? I mean, that hey. dude put a charge into one Saturday and let the pitcher know all about it. He quick pitched him on the pitch before, and the pitcher said something. The very next pitch comes in, and you miss middle belt high. What do you think is gonna happen to that baseball? It's four hundred and fifty feet, and he I let him know smoked.
1: about it. Well, speaking against smoke, that's what would have happened next. AB. but it, it didn't. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to go down that road, but <laughs> I I will go down the, the the South Carolina road. I'll give you guys a recap. Um, our boy Will Sanders. He wasn't very sharp. Game one. Um, five. You know, he gave up five runs with six walks. Um. They fell behind with a late home run. They let man, Logan Mann hit three home runs in one game. Like I, I don't understand how you let the same guy beat you, but um he did. Um, however, you know, they 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 persevered, they scratched, they battled, they got four in the ninth. Um Michael Braswell hits an infield single on the shortstop, decides he wants to try to throw the guy out at third, throws throws a wild ball goes to the 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 wall and they end up scoring the winning run. Um game 2, guys, let me tell you a name. Noah Hall. If you don't know him, you need to know him. 5 and 0 oh, or 7 and 0. Oh, eight, to, 8 to 1 win, 10 Ks. To me, Jim, that's the SEC pitcher of the week. That's I mean on these pitchers and
0: hitters of the week, um the whole thing's confusing to me because it's really dependent upon who the the writer, the the um what am I looking for? Whoever whoever creates that specific award from that that newspaper, that article outlet, whatever. And so there's like five players of the week, five pitchers of the week. There's not like some unanimous guy, it's very confusing every time. So he probably is it for somebody is where I guess I'm going with that.
1: Gotcha. Well, I mean, they, they took care of business in game two and in game three. They had a extra inning win. They had home runs from Carson Horning, and Ethan Petri had actually had two bombs. Jack Mahoney, who's looked good all season, kind of like he had his most difficult outing. He managed, uh, but he definitely wasn't sharp. Um, but guys here here's my takeaways from this weekend with South Carolina. Uh, the positives are you know Noah Hall is that guy like he he's gonna be a legit arm. Um, they got the most home runs in baseball. Uh, 64 home runs currently. Um, they is that did good? That, that's real good. That's number one number one in, in the nation. But uh bullpen came alive bullpen, you know, in game one and game three came out there and, and really is what preserved the, the lead. They kept, you know, when they were down, they kept the lead from growing. So uh, the bullpen, for the first time they were able to get out there and do their thing. And I mean, when I say bullpen, like I'm talking about three and four different arms in, in multiple games, getting a chance to go out there and get out. So, um, and they, you know, they proved that they can rally late, um, and, and figure out a way to win, even though they they may not have played their best or they were uh, getting the best pitching or the best hitting at the time. But there were a, a couple of a, a, a negative, Um, you know, Will McGillis. He um, got hit by a pitch, broke his arm. He's out four to six weeks. And you guys might go, well, all right, four to six weeks. How does that affect them? Well, the effect is he was batting 300. 22 hits and 10 of those hits were bombs so um that's a little bit of power coming out of the lineup i think you know if you get some extra from the pitchers um you know you'll you'll uh, you'll definitely make up it's not like they're they've got lacking power um but he's definitely going to be a loss three three hundred
0: three hundred and and ten home runs—that's cool, man. He'd be batting like eighth in the LSU lineup. But I feel you. I mean,
2: that I'm—I'm just sitting here looking. Speaking of the home runs, the 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 gap between South Carolina and Florida and LSU—I'm surprised by it. Miss—that's eighteen home runs between LSU and South Carolina. That's a lot. That is a lot. Twenty-five LSU—they played one less game. I don't think they're going to hit eighteen home runs in a game. God, I hope not. Well, they can do it in the midweek. Who y'all got in the midweek, Jim? Oh,
0: I don't forgot. Um, I got it pulled up right here. Give me.
2: Everybody's one. looking right past the midweek. Yeah. Going yeah, right
1: into I,
0: this weekend because yeah. I'm. I'm thinking yeah, y'all about, know my about, feelings
2: but, on midweek.
0: Yeah, but I'm thinking about nothing but Tennessee. Are you? I mean, are you surprised they're playing Grambling? Grambling. What about Campbell? Roll damn humps. They're fifth in home runs.
1: Go ahead,
0: Memphis. Tennessee gonna be the one losing to UNC Asheville. Thinking
1: about LSU, don't care. They could lose. Go. I hope they do. do you, yeah. Do you do you think LSU or Tennessee one is worried about those midweek games right now?
2: Well, I don't That's- understand what Tony Vitello was doing. He pitched Xander Seacrest <clears throat> two times this weekend. That's the midweek starter. You can't pitch him tomorrow. I wouldn't think. No, no. So you're no. saving him for LSU. You got to be absolutely see that's the strategy he, he he's
1: give me like, give me Tennessee oh,
2: we're going to get into that in a minute we're going to get into uh, that in
1: oh but yeah i'm 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 big on south carolina despite the injury i think i think they'll be good but um jim i'll give you a chance to talk i mean obviously you're very very vocal you and randy on twitter when it comes to the trouble that's going on in Mississippi in regards to college baseball. Jim, I'll give you the chance to talk first. What What is going on? Um, it's very simple. For Trash. Both, it's very
0: simple for both teams. They can't pitch uh, either of them. And, uh, you know, both 0-6, you know, they, I joked when – LSU won the football championship and they came out the next year and were terrible. Right. And I said, you sold the soul for, uh, to the devil for a championship, man. It it feels like both teams from Mississippi did because, um, I mean, Randy said it like, I'm like, I'm not going to call them trash, but I mean, you know, it, it, it it is, it is, you know what I am, but I mean,
2: it's so much deeper than just pitching for Mississippi state though. I mean, their errors, they have like 50 errors. Well, and
0: you know, I blame that. I blame um, a good portion of those on a certain player that plays third base because Chad Mass kept talking about hey, he's going to be better than Tommy White. That's his fault. He he spoke that into existence. But no, um, Ole Miss is is completely um, changing around their weekend rotation. They've already announced it. Mississippi State has changed theirs like five times. Um. I uh, I was at Cade's house the other day. He is not coming back soon. You know, they don't know what's up with Hunter Elliott and Miss, so I don't see these problems going away. Um, pitchers aren't going to just fall from the sky for either of these teams. And the trouble gets worse because, as you know, Daniel, Mississippi State has South Carolina coming to town, yeah. um, who likes to hit home runs, as you pointed out, and we have pitchers who are either going to walk you or they're gonna give up home runs, So um a bad scenario. And then I think Ole Miss is in a real situation because Texas AM coming off their series that they had to play, now they're in one where they actually are the favorable team and they're at home in Bluebell and they're gonna be looking to get some get back after Tennessee and LSU. And so I think old oh, I think both us I'm gonna I'm gonna go because it's not on our prediction sheet. I think we're looking at zero and
2: nine for both of them. Ooh, I don't think so. I think that Ole Miss wins the series. They can say you now. If you really look down through the the, like I was saying, it's deeper. Mississippi State's fielding percentage is 960, 960 through what is that twenty five games they played? Yeah. That's off. They have, uh, they've dead last in double plays turned. They're first in errors with thirty five errors. I mean, that's egregious. They've only turned nine double plays. Ole Miss actually as well. Could couple that up with Vanderbilt's turn 24 stolen bases against. Mississippi State has allowed 47 stolen bases against. The next second place is Alabama with 31. So, and then you got, you know, like Tennessee, they 24 stolen bases against. George uh, Georgia only has nine. They must have a guy. Li- and listen,
0: there. this we're talking about pitching from a hitting standpoint. So I'm riding home from Baton Rouge on Sunday. I'm listening to the Ole Miss game on the radio because I'm obviously traveling through Mississippi. It was on the radio. Jack Caglione walks eight batters in the first four innings, and Ole Miss produced zero runs. That it
2: cannot happen. No, I agree. And another one another thing that stood out to me, it's been talked about by Mississippi State steel attempts against 54 against Mississippi State. People, it's it's – they're just Logan, rolling around.
0: Logan Tanner is not there.
2: Well, Luke Hancock got pulled from the catcher and moved to the first, and so they got the he other should be back there. But Another thing that stands out, DB, this will drive you crazy as a pitcher, pass balls. Mississippi State has 14 pass balls. 14. Ole Miss only has one. I guess what I'm saying is, to me, if I'm looking at these two teams, I know they're both 0-6, they're both going through it, but I can make a case for Ole Miss that they could be decent. Does that mean that they're gonna make a run? I don't think so. They need to get some pitching back. But Ole Miss is doing some things. They're scoring runs, they're not giving away runs at a at an alarming rate like Mississippi State is. I think Mississippi State is down bad. Well, I well think Mississippi P's State's better.
0: down real bad, because let me tell you, Randy, how many times did we talk with Lounge talking about Mississippi State's schedule was backloaded? So maybe it'll benefit them because they could get better. Well, they started off 0-6, got South Carolina coming, and like we said, LSU, Arkansas, and uh whoever the other one was i uh, i guess it was AM because at the time they were the higher ranked anyway uh nonetheless if you just say lsu and arkansas are you on your because i know lsu is the last year, so that's what you got to finish with like and they're oh, already tough, where they're at the they go side. to tennessee too i'm telling you right now um you know i've had a lot of mississippi state people ask me what i would do and i, I mean i haven't been into college baseball as long as either of you guys but I know this um, at that school. It's unacceptable if you finish dead last back to back years. That staff's gone. I, in my personal belief, I, I don't think oh, that national agreed. championships.
2: I don't think the national championship saves them. It can't save you two. It can't save you two years. It gets you one. You, you you get a freebie, but you don't get two freebies. That's why I think the
1: the urgency is now for Mississippi State because now they're going into the second year where okay. You you claim that you you know that last year was a one off and you're rebuilding, retooling, whatever buzzword you want to use, and then here you are now you're zero and six, and you're coming across arguably one of the hottest teams in the country this weekend, and it doesn't get any easier for you. You drop to zero and nine in conference play, like that's tough sledding. Even even if
0: you get one of those in there, I mean one and eight. I mean what we talking about? Like you know it's just. Them and Ole Miss, and then depending, you know, if Randy projects Ole Miss right on AM, let's just for a sake argument. I mean, you got one. We talk about the battles at the top, you got one hell of a battle at the bottom to see who can finish last.
2: Yeah, I, I said it before this. I don't think, well, at this point, I think it's pretty clear Mississippi State is not even going to Hoover. They don't need to worry about any kind of regional. That team probably won't make Hoover. And then if you, look- it's it's
0: bottom two, it's bottom two SEC teams. It doesn't matter east or west, right? right. It doesn't so matter. It, it's looking like the West, ironically, the the powerhouse is probably going to be having the two teams
2: left out of Hoover, correct? Yeah, I think because what the bottom team in the East is Georgia, and they've—I mean, they—they've they've been really competitive. They've just lost some close games. They've—they've well, they've started out with the harder schedule too, though. They have, they have. But I mean, hell, if you look at it, they still—they still. How are we play supposed Florida to get our Alabama?
0: How are we supposed to get our Alabama prediction right with these other teams just doing this, man? They just yeah. screwing us up because we—we weren't wrong about Alabama so far. They ain't been nothing.
2: No, they're—they're they're not. They're not. But they're competitive. I'll give them that. Yeah. They're competitive. So
1: let's go. Let's go into our picks. Out the gate strong. I I figured you would say this one for last, but Tennessee LSU. Jim, why are you picking Tennessee?
0: I'm not only not picking Tennessee. Don't you say it.
2: Don't you fucking say it.
0: Dude, all I've heard about is this 6-0 in the last six games. B.S., Dude, y'all are circled, y'all are the, y'all, I don't care if we are number one, y'all are the target. They tried to up y'all's rank and put y'all 10, so this is the top 10 shutdown Y'all are going to get your ass ran out of Baton Rouge.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, man. That man called a sweep, DB. You believe that?
1: I heard him, and now he didn't just say sweep. He said, y'all going to get like, ran, like,
2: like run, run rule.
1: rule. Yeah. Ran oh, out. Man out the box and it's
0: autism awareness weekend for Dylan Cruz yeah we got good causes too y'all y'all toast
1: they gonna need autism to forget about this weekend I think but no seriously I I don't know I, it's it's like flipping a coin for me I could see Tennessee going and figuring out a way to win too um I think they got the guys that if if there was a team. Do you think that's what it comes down to? You know, when you looked at the schedule and you go, all right, if LSU is as good as we think they are, and they have been, what are the teams in the SEC that they're going to play that can give them trouble? And I think one would have been the team that they played last weekend, and then one would be the team that they're playing this weekend. So um I'm gonna go Tennessee just on the sheer fact that. LSU is having they they, they came you off of, a Ar- You uh, picked
0: Arkansas last week and you're not feeling any kind of way about it. You're going to do it again and be wrong again. Really?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's my pick. I I can
0: be right or I can be wrong. I or you can just be wrong and you just listen to your best friend tell you the LSU is going to roll. Okay. Maybe they do. Huh. I'll try to help you.
1: Well, I was trying to justify the fact that I think they're going to be a little tired from the pressing that they had to do against Arkansas, and they're gonna. I think they're. I think they're gonna overlook Tennessee a little bit.
2: That'll be a motherfucking mistake.
1: Yep.
0: We're not Ole Miss, bro. Overlooking Tennessee when they come to town.
1: Randy, you taking Tennessee?
2: Oh man, you know I'm taking Tennessee, baby. I think that this is going to be one of those weekends where we got to bring the LSU Fighting Tigers back down to a little bit of reality. Those guys have a lineup that's scary. Um but this is what I think. I think that we have not seen the best of Chase Dolander. We have not seen the best of Chase Burns. The type of series that brings out the best of competitors like those dudes is going against a lineup that rivals a, a, a you know professional ball players. The pitching matchup, I I can't even believe this is even a, a you know a, a real thought. We'll get into this more I'm sure tomorrow on Chris's show. But the pitching matchup, the advantage goes to Tennessee. The depth of the bullpen and all that. Yeah, they got Paul Skeens. Shout out Paul Skeens. He's the man. But as far as pitching depth and the matchups and I think we saw Tony V do it. You talked about strategy. I got to go with that. And what is the mantra we've always said if I gotta have pitching or hitting, give me pitching. That's all sure.
0: cute and everything. And I just want to go ahead and say on the Paul Skeens thing, because, you know, that uh, MLB draft board and the predictions, LSU is going to be the first team, the first team ever to have, because I looked it up, Oregon State 2017 had the number one and the number four draft pick. They will be the first team ever to have the number one
2: and number two draft pick in the MLB draft. I got it up right here. They don't They don't got him as a number two right now. Okay. Chase Dillander's number two. That's cute, but Skeens is better than Doe. So that's not even remotely true when it comes to pitching. Just look at that. Look, we have years of evidence to show us. Both of them are high level pitchers. We only have and all we got it. Of- We got him
0: focusing on just p- pitching. As Jay said, he's on the LSU nutrition and weightlifting program, which what they had at Air Force compared to that is absolute garbage. It is. It is. It is on. It is on. I love Doe. Sorry. His hair isn't gonna save him in this one.
1: What is what is them him being on a nutrition plan has to do with anything?
0: Bro, he actually said it on this episode. You weren't listening. He talked he about how crappy they ate.
2: He did talk about how crappy they ate, but I but, mean, like wh- I said, we've got years of evidence that show us that when it comes to you can go look at pitching ninja, the breakdowns, the splits, all that. By the way, when Paul Skeens was playing against Air Force Academies and all them naval academies and everything. Doe was doing it against the best conference in the world last year and this year.
0: You act like he didn't come from Georgia Southern and play a year there too, bro. But we've seen Doe do this now. for This is multiple years. This All is right, the second man. year doing it. Don't just don't unfriend me Thursday.
2: Ain't got to unfriend you. I mean, look, hey, check out these. these did Paul Skeens not just lose last Friday night? No, he didn't. It, he don't got an L right beside his name? No, he don't. Mm. They lost in extras, bro. That's true, they did, but did they lose the Friday night game? Yeah. You don't think they could lose another Friday night game to a team that's better than Arkansas?
0: <laughs> oh, my God, you just stepped into one that's completely
1: different. Okay, moving on. No, I don't want to move on. Let's, let's keep this going. Let's run you it back.
2: What, hey, look, let me tell you what we're going to do, Daniel Ball. Tell we're going to go into Baton Rouge. We're going to win that and series. And now you're going to say they're going to go into Bomb. I, I, we're going to go into that. Then we're going to take it back home. We're going to do what we always do to Florida and beat their ass. Then we're going to Fayetteville. We're taking that series. Then we're coming back home, Daniel Ball. We're playing Vanderbilt. And let me tell you what we're going to do. We're sweeping them boys.
0: They're going to right. South Carolina, too. They're going to South Carolina, Vandy, Arkansas, LSU, they going to be – oh, it's Florida. Oh, my goodness.
1: It's, uh, it's high expectations in that Jowers residence right now.
2: Look, man, you can't be scared of the moment. And Chase Dolan ain't scared of no moment, baby. Line up the pitching staff, and if you look me in the eyes and tell me the Tennessee staff, top to bottom, is not better than LSU, we're signing off of this podcast right now. Ain't no Christian Little in our bullpen, cuz – Right, right
0: now, closing wise it's Garrett Edwards now, and Garrett Edwards got a better stat line than anybody in your bullpen. And I'll
2: put, I'll put money on it right now. All that you want, a better. I didn't. No, you're, you're missing the point. Baseball guy, Daniel Ball. Are we talking about better pitcher or better stat line? Because there's a big fucking difference. And if you look at the bullpen for Tennessee, dudes that have done it, you telling me you would take that guy over Kirby and his mustache? Would I take? Would girls? I take
0: Garrett Edwards? Yes. Garrett Edwards was hurt. He came back healthy, and now you, he's absolutely
2: ripping. You would take look at me, look at me. You would take Garrett Edwards over Camden Sewell. Yeah. we've seen Camden do this years, five years. We've seen Camden do this.
0: Yes, and I stand right next to his dad every game. I'm sure. I don't give a shit about
2: his dad. I'm talking about the pitching. We've seen Cam Camden. Mm, Camden Sewell has the moment. The VIP. I don't. I don't care about that. I'm talking about pitching. I don't give a shit about none of the personal stuff. Pitching. Camden Sewell has four years worth of SEC stats where the dude has a th- four-to-one strike K-to-walk to b- ratio.
0: Daniel, what's the policy on carrying brooms into um, the stadium so I can bring one to Randy Thursday since he won't be there Friday or Saturday? I just wanted to go ahead and gift it to him then.
2: I, mean, that's, I ain't worried that's, about no broom. This man just tried to tell me that a dude that's pitched in five outings is better than Camden Sewell who has four years. Daniel, g- give you're a judge. Who are we taking? I mean, we're taking Camden
1: because that's there's more – it's not just a flash in the pan. It's not just a matchup. It's consistently doing it over time. Like I think that plus our favorite part,
2: he's a Gator killer. He owns the Florida Gators.
1: I think, I think what it, what it comes down to is it's all the guy, both of these teams have such good talent. Like you could make a case for, you know, one player being better than the other or one team being better than the other, and then you flip the the numbers and look at something else, and you go, okay, well, now I can see it the other way or the opposite way. Like, the look, only, LSU has okay. the advantage.
0: Well, the only, no, the only, all right, well, it's a, it, well I just want to go ahead and throw the stats out for Mr. Flash in the pan. Call it whatever you want. 3-0, 0.87 ERA with 24 strikeouts to four walks. Yeah, I mean, my man has been electric since he came back from. I'm his not. Memory.
2: I'm not. No, doubt, no, nobody. There's no, there's no. There's no it, besmirchment man. of the other guy. That's my point. But Camden has years of this evidence. I,
0: I love Camden. I think it's great that my daughter thinks he's the cutest baseball
2: player out there. But he's not good. <clears throat> no, he's better at this moment in time. He's better. The dude has four years. And on that
1: note. I'll go ahead and give you my pick for Virginia and Virginia Tech.
2: Your, I mean, your
0: picks are doo-doo after the last two weeks, Arkansas and Virginia.
1: My picks are doo-doo? Doo-doo. After Arkansas and – after picking Arkansas and Tennessee?
2: Do yeah. we have records here? Are we keeping track of this? We should I'm not. Be. Jim seems
1: to be, I guess. He's calling my picks doo-doo. Man, I got was him. wrong. I was wrong against his team in Arkansas.
0: Camden's pitched three innings this year. We going, we going on that. Just came back you off. You keep injury. saying this year. I'm Jim. I know you I'm said talking career. I, I got you, guys. Career. You. That I'm dude hearing is hearing cold blooded. I like him. I love Cannon. I'm just
1: saying. Well, I got Virginia. I got Virginia over Virginia Tech. I do too. Jim, what do
0: you got? I got Virginia. I just want to also say that Randy's
2: got them severely underranked, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, because I have them 11, and Jim has them 7. Like, there's a giant leap. Yeah, because Jim actually sure got Tennessee him 23rd.
0: He made sure to put
2: Tennessee in front of them so they could be in the top 10. I'm going to explain this like I had to explain this to somebody earlier today. When you look at previous week's matchup, I'm not jumping a team that – like, Tennessee had a sweep. They were already ahead of Virginia in my rankings, so I can't just jump Virginia because they had a sweep too and Tennessee had a sweep. They both moved up. Virginia, now, had now already Virginia, had,
0: Virginia had already had. Virginia had already had three ranked series wins. They should have been ahead of them anyway. I
1: mean, how I, many
2: teams like right now when they played them they were ranked, but how many of those are ranked right now? Two of them One. are
1: not ranked anymore. I get you. One of them is ranked now. I mean, I guess. Are my rankings do do? I got Virginia 11th. Uh, well, you you have um, I got some
0: people wake for us at one. I mean just to be clear. Hey, and let's touch on that. But that's the
1: same the same reason like can,
0: can we touch on hey, we hey, we gotta touch on something real quick because Randy and that whole old miss thing and and he only kept I felt like he was only pushing them up because he was pressure. But even if you go to my rankings, when I had them at sixteen to start the season, I said I didn't even feel like they were sixteen, but I put them there. And then I was reluctant to put them in the top ten, and I said I still didn't play the top ten. And people are arguing, with me and Randy, no matter where we had them, well, D1's got them at number three. The real rankings have them at number three. And now, ironically, they're not in anybody's rankings but mine, and I got them at 25. And people ask me why I got them at 25, and I said because I don't feel like hearing this shit. So I got you there. You're still in there. Now I'm the only rankings that got you.
2: Unranked Ole Miss. You don't deserve it. Earn it. They
0: don't deserve it, but I put them there just because I don't feel like having five more fake accounts created this week to come at me. Hmm. Well, Wake Forest number one. What's
2: wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing's Nothing wrong
0: with that. They They make you feel them, and they just swept Miami. So we we like that fraud.
1: Fraud. You got rolled. I mean, just like I explained it to them last night, I if I had them number one and they would have lost the game, then I probably wouldn't have them number one, but they're doing what they're supposed They're They're playing and beating the opponent in front of them. Like, I'm not going to drop you from the ranking because someone played a, a better opponent. Like, he, like it'll all work itself out as we go. But I still think wake forest is a pretty good fucking team. Like, yeah, they're legit. So, um, but Texas Oklahoma State. Oh man, this is uh. This give me is, Texas. This is one where Texas is starting to to pick up some steam, and to me, this is the one where Oklahoma State, like, will just like get swept. For
2: I agree. I think t- Texas is one. What sixteen in a row? Fifteen. Yeah, they got the, the nation's longest win streak. And they're. I mean, I, give me Texas.
0: And if you go back and look at their their losses too that happened in the college baseball showdown, you know obviously you had Arkansas, Vandy. Look at what they're what they are now, and then the other was Missouri, and that was prior to injury. So when some people say, "Well, Texas got swept out," they're clearly terrible. Um, clearly, the three teams they played were really good. Agreed. And then they got a loss to LSU in a midweek win, which they went zero to zero to what, like the – I think the ninth. It was the ninth, dude. Yeah, it was the ninth. So, I mean, you, you look at four SEC losses for them that were to all great teams, and they played a bunch of them close. So, like, I mean, I think Texas may have always been pretty good. They just had to put a few things together. Well, I'm picking Texas. Who you got, Jim? I'm going Texas because I think Rock Rizgy is a douche.
1: Wow. Man, that's pretty pretty heavy words. Yeah, you should edit that out.
0: No. I, I, nice. I've, I've said it before because Hunter Holland huh. drilled him in the back on purpose. It's not very nice. He's just supposed to shut up. All
1: He's, right, not T- C-
0: on here. He's not coming on here. I ain't worried about it.
1: TCU Texas Tech. Um, I don't know about either of these teams anymore. Uh high on TCU to start the season. I don't know what's happened, but Texas Eaters. Tech. Yeah. So I think give me the red Raiders. Who you got, Jim? TCU. TCU. Randy, who you got?
2: Uh coming. Off of getting swept by Texas, I'm going to go with Texas Tech, but I'm with you. I don't know that either team is much of a threat at this moment. Yeah.
1: All right, so that leads us into softball. And we talked to Kenley tonight. They have a huge matchup with number 17, Arkansas, this weekend. So, Jim, I'll ask you, when it comes to softball predictions, Arkansas or Mississippi State, who are you taking? We've had two Mississippi State softball guests on.
0: We've had no Arkansas. They're at home and nuts. I'm taking Mississippi State.
1: Yeah, I'll take State too. Who you got, Randy? I mean, only only because I want Mississippi to be solidified as not the worst state. So I'll I'll let Arkansas have that. So give me Mississippi State, Randy. Who you taking? Hmm.
2: Let me be clear. I want Mississippi State to win. We've had Mississippi State guest on, but I don't think they're going to. Arkansas's legit. I mean, them do them them girls can hit. They can pitch. They're they're a threat in the SEC. I mean, they like run rule Florida yesterday. I watched it 14 to one. Florida's a good team. I think Arkansas takes this one. I do think state gets a game though. All right. All
1: right. So, then that brings us Tennessee and AM. Give me Tennessee Randy you taking Tennessee
2: oh yeah sweet
1: show Jim who you got
0: you know I've seen and I know how good Pickens is we had Charlie on here but Randy has pissed me off so bad about Tennessee Gig him
2: oh wow we've had we've had Tennessee guests on here you son Ivy of a bitch.
0: Davis we, dude, we've had two Mississippi State guests on, and y'all took Arkansas. What are you talking? No, about? No, he
2: didn't. DB took Mississippi State. Oh,
0: Denny, well, you did. Yeah. So why uh, you're the one yelling at me?
2: <laughs> wow. Look, man, I've watched them. Look, man, look, bro. I know no, Tennessee's man, you, better. I didn't. You want to be right more than you want to be angry. So make no, the right choice no,
1: here. I, I want to be angry. I want to. I want to gig them. Let us go. Wow. All right. Texas, Oklahoma. Give me Oklahoma. That's silly. It's Oklahoma.
0: There's not nobody. But it was a top ten range of uh, matchups. Oh no,
2: I agree with you. Like I just think it's it's not even fair. Like doesn't matter who Oklahoma plays. Yeah, Oklahoma. All
1: right, and Stanford, UCLA. Uh, I guess give me UCLA. I don't know much about those West Coast teams, but
2: I do UCLA. Legit, Jeff. Who you
1: take? Stanford.
2: Gonna go. Yeah, give me Stanford. You know what's so crazy about that is UCLA is a top five team and they played Oklahoma and got the absolute. They got run ruled. Brakes beat off. Of. I mean, are Oklahoma dominant as they were last year? Maybe better. Hmm. They don't have ALO anymore, but they're that. I mean, they've been this way for a long time. This wasn't. I mean. Last year just got a lot more pub because ALO was just dropping, you know, 300 foot bombs.
1: Man.
2: Alex Lomax
1: hitting
2: bomb. Much, much, much better.
1: All right, guys. Last call. Randy, you got anything?
2: I don't want to uh, bring up old things, but I do I'm like a plunger. <laughs> Everybody wanted to clown my boy Job ja for saying he was fine in the West. And Daniel, Jim, do you know what
1: Ja I see, has done?
2: I've see, I seen what you shared. You know what Ja has done? They just had the best record in the league since the trade deadline. Luke Kennard, trade deadline acquisition of the year. You got Jaron Jackson Jr., defensive player of the year. And you know what? Ja Morant, maybe he's going to get some comeback player of the year, baby. Let's go.
0: I used, uh, I used something that, that you taught me about a couple of years back to explain something. Casey was in a deep argument with a guy um, trying to – I've done – oh, um, that, that Kyrie was better than, than Ja. Anyway, I said, look, go look up PER and get back to me.
2: Anyway, yeah,
0: like Ja was 12 on PER, and the 11 that are ahead of him are, are those dudes. like yeah. yeah. And, and while I was on it, uh, I just want to say this. When you talk about MVP factor, I know that's not what we were talking about. Uh, Jokic and Embiid's PER is so much higher than even three through 12. It's ridiculous.
2: Oh, it's a two-man race for sure. But in my opinion, I think it's going to go to Jokic, but I think it should be Embiid. He,
1: you know what I think is is even that's pretty damn cool in regards to the Grizzlies is they're probably going to end the regular season with the best record at home.
2: 100%. But
1: go Memphis. Go ahead now. Well, Groundhouse, man. They're to drop two in a row, but it's all good.
2: Mm, nah, bro. <clears throat> wow. Nah, bro.
1: Man, big Clippers fan all of a sudden. <laughs> man, I ride and die with Russ. But my
0: around the horn ain't about Russ or, or the Grizz. Boys, I sat in walk-ons, packed house, Flexed the in off the bench thing. I can't believe that worked. I skipped a 90-minute wait. Um. Anyway, got to watch the LSU women's basketball team. In an absolute packed house. The, I will own it, the first women's basketball game I watched all year. It was so much fun. The place was electric. Kim Mulkey. I've seen all the clips all day, every day. Seen the quotes. She's awesome. Being in that environment was awesome. And so that was extremely cool. And so I want to say that. And while we're on LSU Women's Sports, Daniel, it is on this weekend. Regionals, baby. LSU. So let's get it done.
1: Let's go. Guys, I got one one thing. And I, I think it it needs to be at least mentioned. Um, you know, there are there are six families tonight that are not gonna have their 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 child or their significant other or their grandmother going going home um you know once again like and and i hate saying once again but once again you know we had another school shooting a tragedy and i'm just trying to wrap my head around like what the answer is and i don't have the answers but what i will say is everyone out there go go hug your loved one tell them you love them um you know to those families out there, to the community of, of, of Covenant School, um, the Nashville area, like hearts, thoughts, prayers, all with you guys. Um, we got to be better. And I don't have any answers, but I just know that we got to be better. I'll be willing to be part of the solution. Um, but I think we got enough smart people and enough people in this country that we can figure out a solution that, Um, doesn't lead to this kind of nonsense.
2: And also, to add on to that, DB, Officer Rex Engelbert and Officer Michael Colazzo confronted and shot the person behind the Covenant School shooting. So shout out to some heroes that this this day, as tragic as it was, could have been so much worse without the, the actions of a couple of heroes.
1: Absolutely. So once again, thoughts? And love going out to those people um, that, are, that are affected from that. But, guys, another, another great episode. I want to thank our guest, Kenley Hawk, for joining us. If you like hearing Kenley's story or you just like hearing us average Joe's talk X's and ooh, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, thumbs up, hearts, love, hugs, all that good stuff. We'll take it all. We got a a little change in the schedule, guys. We will be back, but this week, you guys are going to head down. We're going to skip out on a Wednesday episode because Thursday night, y'all are are headed to Baton Rouge and it's going to be a battle between the LSU Tigers and the Tennessee Volunteers. Might get some bonus coverage, some behind the the velvet rope clips. Who knows? We might get some special things from the IOTV. I got to add something there.
2: I got to add something before you finish. Diamond Balls just chimed in. April 15th, 2018 was the last time LSU beat Tennessee in baseball.
0: But Uh, they all, but that's, that's, that's a, that's that. They've played each other only those six times. They haven't played each other since
2: 2018. So that's the fact. The fact is April 15th, 2018. That's, that's just, I mean, that's just a fact, man. I don't know what to say, man. All right. Y'all got
0: swept the last time you were in Baton Rouge. The last six times we played y'all was not in Baton Rouge. This 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 is gonna be great. He's not allowed anywhere near me better. You just said we were gonna be together. My
2: my phone's going on silent. You ain't gotta worry about me calling a baby. We're gonna be over there with diamond. We're doing our thing, baby. We got an orange caravan coming into Baton Rouge.
1: I wish I was there. I could be like the 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 glue that binds you guys together. (laughs) And I'd I'd be there for it. I'd bring my popcorn, have me a nice little daddy soda. I'd be Ready to go. But for everybody that doesn't want to hear this nonsense between these two guys, that hopefully will get things settled this weekend, we'll be back next Monday. We got episode 23. We're going to talk to Wake Forest baseball player Adam Cesare. This has been the End Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out. Have
0: you heard about the guys over at Chinook Cedary? They're the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at chinookseedery.com.